And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And today we have a special program. As in special, I mean we have a two for one. You have, you get, you have the opportunity because I have two fabulous guests on right now. And so please join me in welcoming Vicki Donlan and David Donlan. Thank you, Deb. Nice to be here. Thank you, Deb. Very nice to be here today. Great, great. Well, for those of you who are wondering, obviously there's a similar last name. Vicki is David's mom. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that is just the coolest thing in the world that Vicki is just, you know, so cool that she has this fabulous son and she's going on the radio program and she's, I'm guessing, 45, right, Vicki? Uh, well, almost. Uh, <laughs> add almost 20 years to that, and you're uh, a little bit less than that. But yeah, I'm very proud to do anything with my son. We've been a great team since the beginning, and uh, I'm proud to uh, call myself his mom and to call him my son. Perfect, perfect. Well, before we go any further, let me tell our listeners just a little bit about both of you. So, Vicki Donlan is a women's business. Her extensive experience working with small businesses, growing and selling her own, and having a far-reaching network cause her to be a resource every businesswoman needs. As an entrepreneur, she was founder and publisher of Women's Business, a 25,000 controlled circulation newspaper devoted to women in business in the Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island areas. And it was founded, the magazine was founded in 1998 and then sold to that little newspaper called the Boston Herald. Her first book, Her Turn, Why It's Time for Women to Lead in America, was published in September of 2007. She is a frequent guest blogger for the Huffington Post. And then also, as I mentioned, we have David Donlan. David serves as the head of corporate sales for HubSpot in Cambridge, Massachusetts. As a sales leader, he is responsible for the HubSpot enterprise team and the day-to-day operations of successfully gaining visibility for HubSpot customers. Donlan is also regarded as an inbound marketing specialist, having developed a sound marketing strategy that caters to all businesses looking to increase their online visibility and demand generation. So again, welcome to the two of you. Wonderful to be here. Great, Very nice great. To be here. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, you know, I met David at a conference. Um, I went to Inbound Marketing Atlanta and heard him speak there and thought, oh, good heavens, I have to have him on the program because his, his presentation was so fabulous. We, of course, touched base on phone, and then he said, well, if I'm doing this, I have to include my mother. <laughs> and so, Vicki, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have done, because when I read your bio online, it was just simply astounding. And, you know, it, it really is fabulous what you've done, because you've, you've been kind of a serial entrepreneur, but everything you have touched has almost turned to gold. So tell people maybe, you know, how you got started and, and what your philosophy is. Absolutely, Deb. Well, you're too kind. And uh, to say that everything I touch turns to gold may not be true, but I have to say I certainly started way before social media was Mm -hmm. even something we were talking about. And uh, I started um, way back in the newspaper business, uh, was one of my first careers out of school, Mm -hmm. fell in love with the newspaper business, understanding that it was the best way to get any news about women in business, men in business, out and distributed to the masses. So uh, as I got 
uh, to the point in my life where the entrepreneurship itch was just more than I could handle, I went out and I started my own newspaper, mm-hmm. bringing the news of women in business to the masses. And again, as you mentioned, we started here in New England. Uh, we then expanded to the New York area. We had a publication in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, and then mm-hmm. a sister publication out in Ohio. And again, the purpose was that I was learning that women in business was a growing, uh, fabulous opportunity. Women were starting, growing businesses, selling business in the multi-million dollars, and you just weren't reading about them in the newspaper. And mm-hmm. you weren't seeing them on the nightly news. Right. So I, I realized it was up to me to spread the news. Mm-hmm. And, and then as my career has uh, grown and I realized it was time to take that message into a book to share with the next generation of women how much of a struggle it's been for many of us and mm-hmm. how the doors aren't quite as open as they might be um, mm-hmm. and they continue to be difficult. And so today, um, as which is our topic, through HubSpot, which I am one of the uh, early, early uh, customers, of mm-hmm. course, through David, uh, I have found that social media is the way I can continue to spread my message, not only uh, nearby, but across the country and across the world. And I have a wonderful following uh, that keeps up with my blogs and lets me know that entrepreneurship is as important to women today as it's ever been, and that working women in business still have a lot of the challenges, but together we can overcome them. So right. what better way than to spread the word than through social media? Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it's it's one of those things that, as you mentioned, there's not a lot of support sometimes for women in business. You know, the books are, are they're not saying that they're for men or that they're for women. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when you read newspaper articles, well, you know, heck, when you look at the head of all of these major companies, it makes major news when it's a woman, um, you know, and, and so the fact that you've kind of built up this network to provide support, and I don't care if it's, you know, a woman who is the head of a Fortune 100 company or somebody who's running a business out of her basement or her kitchen table, you know, a, a lot of the things that women struggle with and, and go through are the same. You know, the, the they have to also be taking care of the kids. They might be taking care of their parents. You know, we're kind of that sandwich generation. Um, we're not always taken seriously as a woman in business. You know, it's it's been a while since I've heard the little woman phrase, but you know, I've, <laughs> that still is out well, there. And, and how about the glass ceiling phrase? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that women have gotten through the glass ceiling, but just because the glass ceiling has a crack in it doesn't mean that the path is that easy for other mm-hmm. women um, because some of the challenges have not changed. Right. So the fact that social media is available now to the masses, mm-hmm. um, women. Women have the ability to find out a lot more about each other than they did in the past. Before, mm-hmm. it was only what they saw on TV or what they read in the newspaper mm-hmm. or perhaps um, in other media. But quite honestly, today, women can reach out and find out just about anything they want about the women who they want to aspire to be more like. And for me, social media, for that reason, is critically important to right. that next generation. You know, they can be friends with them on Facebook or, you know, follow Mm -hmm. them. Obviously, it depends on on how popular somebody is. You know, they can be connected with them on Twitter, you know, all of these places. And, you know, it's just like any any other uh, medium that I have really been engaged in. I have found that people, especially on Twitter, they are, you know – they, as themselves, as opposed to an assistant or somebody like that, will frequently respond to you. Exactly. Great. Well, Vicki, you mentioned something that I, I want to go back to, and, and you know, we'll bring David back into this conversation. We don't want him to feel left out. Vicki mentioned that she uses HubSpot, and you know, I love HubSpot. Excuse me, HubSpot. I am not a partner, so see, I can I can gush about it, and there's you know no gain <laughs> for me here. But you know, one of the things that I always love about HubSpot are the the various reports and resources that HubSpot provides. But there's so much more than that. And so, David, why don't you tell people? what HubSpot does. Yes, uh, thank you very much, Deb. So um, HubSpot, um, we're a little over uh, seven years old now. We're a software company, uh, and we combined our software tools with uh, training and education on the uh, most recent um, trends in inbound digital uh, marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. We use the term inbound marketing because when we founded the company uh, seven years ago, we found that if you were a small or mid-sized company, 
the only way to do marketing was to spend a lot of money on uh, TV ads, co-calling ads, buying a list and spamming people, um, or doing display advertising. And as mm-hmm. a small business, this was really expensive and uh, very hard to measure. Right. And then there was this other notion of this thing called the Internet that came out where small businesses were kind of scratching their head and they saying, well, how do I build a website or mm-hmm. how do I do email? And you know, there's tons of tools out there. There's tons of agencies out there, but there was nothing that really uh, put everything all in one. So the concept of HubSpot was really two things. First of all, to solve for the problem of uh, outbound marketing, that playbook, if you may, being a little bit broken, especially for small businesses that just couldn't mm-hmm. afford to do the type of advertising that the 800-pound gorillas that can do. The other area that it solved for was the ability to provide a all-in-one marketing platform that was almost as easy to use as your iPhone mm-hmm. um, for a, a small business CEO or a small business VP of marketing to be able to say, okay, out of the box, I have a website. I have SEO tools that can get me on the first page of Google. I have an email tool, and I have reporting and monitoring tools as well as social media tools, so I can take advantage of all the free resources uh, that are out there on the Internet to render on the first page of Google for free or Mm -hmm. to build my Twitter following to thousands and thousands of people and really just make my website a hub or a marketing tool, uh, if Mm -hmm. you may. Um, So when I founded the company, we were – our market was really to help – small um, B2Bs, if you may, or B2C, uh, kind of big-ticket B2Cs, mm-hmm. to ad- uh, adopt this new um, methodology of inbound, getting people to find you, and then helping these small businesses not only with software but educating them and training them on all of the best concepts. So one of the first uh, beta customers, as I would like to say, that I wanted to bring on was my mom, mm-hmm. uh, Vicki, who's on the phone, because she just sold her business, and she just wrote a book, and she just had a wealth of information mm-hmm. that m- hundreds, if not thousands, of small business owners um, are looking for every day, um, how to start a small business, how to sell a business, mm-hmm. how to bec- do you become an LLP or do you become a uh, LLC, um, how do you secure a small business loan or do you go for funding. My mom has the answers to all of these questions <laughs> that mm-hmm. people really don't have the answer. And better yet, nobody was creating content about these things on the Internet. So mm-hmm. the first person that I wanted to adopt HubSpot was my mom because she had all the information to thousands and thousands of questions that people were asking, but when they were going to Google, they couldn't get the answers that they needed right right away. Mm -hmm. So for the last six plus, uh, almost seven years now, she's been creating, she's created a ton of free, rich content that really doesn't just help women entrepreneurs, but any entrepreneur Mm -hmm. that is looking to build a business, start an idea, or create something. And that's really what the epitome of HubSpot is, is helping entrepreneurs be in control of really leveling the playing field of putting their remarkable ideas and content. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to Twitter or Google or Facebook or anything we're going to talk about today in this session, it's all free. It's a level playing field. The person Mm -hmm. who puts the information out there first and often Mm -hmm. always wins. Right. Um, And that's the beauty of HubSpot. We work with businesses that are uh, inspired to get there first and are fast and nimble enough to not only get there first but do it often. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, of course, one of the reasons why people need to use social media. It's it's funny. I still have people probably every week that come up to me and say, I don't want to be there. I don't want to have a presence on Facebook. I don't want to be on Twitter. You know, their eyes glaze over. You can tell that one of the big issues that they're thinking of is privacy, which, you know, that, that is clearly a big concern. And then, of course, they're they're also concerned with what if people say something bad, all of those things. But I tell them, you know, you still need to be there. You know, figure out where you need to be, which is one of the, the key things. But you can't ignore it. It's not going away. Um, so when you have somebody who tells you, oh, I don't want to be there, uh, what is your response? And let's go with Vicky first. 
Well, you know, I want to bring you back to what I mentioned earlier is the fact Mm -hmm. that my background is the newspaper business. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping a lot of your listeners are maybe of the generation where they actually read the newspaper. And as I I would say to my subscription. Oh, I'm so (laughs) glad to hear that. So let me explain in the newspaper business because Mm -hmm. uh, part of my role um, as a publisher was selling advertising Mm -hmm. as well as providing um, public relations or PR. So Mm -hmm. just to bring us all full circle, as I would explain to people back in that generation, PR is something you get for free, Mm -hmm. but you do not control it. Advertising is something you pay for, but you can control it. So Mm -hmm. to bring you full circle today is social media. The difference between social media today is the fact that you can create your own PR and control that. Now, Mm -hmm. how others might respond to that of course, is never in your control. Mm -hmm. And what's different today is the fact that they can speak right back to you Mm -hmm. because you've put it out there. Um, For myself, and again, as a HubSpot customer, what I learned by putting out this content is that, and I challenge any of your listeners, uh, if you type in women's business coach into Google, Mm -hmm. you're going to come to my website. I'm going to be on the first page of Google. And that's across the world, um, and that's due to HubSpot and the tools Mm -hmm. that they've provided me to put out the content. But, of course, I've been very focused. Uh, I could also call myself entrepreneur expert. A little bit more difficult to maybe go to the first of Google, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I've been always so focused in the women's space. Number one, it's my passion, Mm -hmm. um, and I think you can hear that from me. I love Mm -hmm reaching out to women and helping them build their business. But secondly, because the more specific you are and the more you allow people to really identify what your skill set is through your content, the easier it is to make sure that you're going to, um, you know, you're going to be identified as that number one resource in that area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my answer so much to my clients is because I work with a lot of women in business who do exactly what you're saying. They're a little afraid of how they put their content out into the world because of the fear that maybe someone will say something negative. Well, Mm -hmm. the the world is a big place. And as I used to say with PR, all um, all PR, positive or negative, is good PR because if people are talking about you, it means you're worth talking about. Right, right. So we have to be prepared for both. Right. Well, and, and it's funny, Vicki, as you said, you know, Google that. I did. I sat here and I typed in women's business coach. There are three ads that come up on Google, and right. then you are the second name. Right. You no know, ad. It doesn't cost me a nickel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so you're, as, as, you know, as we would say in the PR world, you're above the fold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, all of those various things. And I think that's where people – kind of forget, you know, they and, and or they don't see the value of having a great online presence. Um, you know, I might, if I was looking for a business coach, you know, I might go to page two, but I'm certainly mm-hmm. not going to go to page three. So I want to find somebody on page one. And as I said, I don't even have to scroll to see you. Um, so, you know, now maybe I might look for somebody local or something like that, but, exactly. you know, drill down a little bit further. But that that real estate that you have there is so important. And, you know, it's it's the, the billboard that's hitting people over the head. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting, David. I'm I'm guessing people tell you a lot of times, well, it's going to cost money. I don't want to be there. Oh, it's going to take too much time. So, what do you tell people? You know, because I mean, clearly you can point to your mother's success, but you know, what do you tell these people who are, shall we say, stuck in the dark ages? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I do is I tell them to Google women's business coach and then try to put <laughs> two and two together. Um, and just and just kind of going back there, why my mom is there, uh, number one, is really two reasons. First, she was an early adopter, one of the mm-hmm. first to start creating content mm-hmm. around uh, women's business coaching and helping women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But number two, the way uh, the Internet works, it's not good enough just to create content. People actually right. have to like it. Mm-hmm. or share it with others. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I tell those is if you have remarkable ideas, um, it's not enough just to put it out there. It has to be an idea that someone actually wants to read. And the way Google kind of 
looks at things or the whole Internet looks at things is every time my mom writes an article and it gets shared or liked on Facebook or retweeted, that's literally a vote on the Internet. Right. Someone out there uh-huh. on the Internet is raising their hand and saying, you know what, this stuff is good. This is, this uh-huh. is what I found and this stuff is good. And that's one of the reasons why uh, it would be very difficult or nearly impossible for anyone to take her top spot, not just because she created the content, but because people um, uh, have, uh, have favored it and voted for it. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that are kind of stuck in the dark ages, I, I try to bring them back to what their overall goals are. And, you know, like any company, a goal is to hit sales goals or drive revenue. And, you know, I bring them back to why HubSpot uses social media. Um, we're very, very, very um, uh, aggressive in social media. And we didn't mm-hmm. do it because it's cool. Uh, we did it first because when no one knew who we were or seven years ago, it was free. Um, mm-hmm. But number two, we did it because it was a proven model for lead generation. And, um, you know, for your listeners who are avid readers of um, or maybe go to the movies a lot, there's a great line in the movie uh, or book Moneyball where uh, Jonah Hill is going up to Brad Pitt. And he said, the problem with the Major League Baseball is everyone's trying to buy players, and what mm-hmm. you really need to be doing is buying wins. And that's right. exactly what social media is. Your investment in time in social media is literally buying leads, mm-hmm. um, but you're not paying for the leads. You're just investing your time. So one of the things with HubSpot is we, would only, we wouldn't do social media if it wasn't a uh, lead generator of quality leads for the company. We wouldn't do mm-hmm. social media if those leads didn't convert into sales. But what I tell folks is, you know, you want to make sure that when you're doing it, that you have a goal. And if your goal is to drive leads, that's pretty much what the goal should be. Mm-hmm. So the second, the second area that I tell folks is make sure that when you are doing it, that you are monitoring it. Because if you do generate leads, you want to know what did you do right so mm-hmm. you can generate more of the right leads. And the best part of the Internet is not, all, it's not only the stuff is free to do, um, but when you, you can get the data for free as well. Mm-hmm. You can go on to Google Analytics or anything else and see where these people or these leads are coming from. So if you do generate great leads from social media, you can just do it again. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of your time, which correlates into leads rather than actually trying to buy those leads or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we we talk about the big guys. We talk about Facebook. We talk about Twitter. You know, people always ask me, where should I be? And my response to them is, you need to be where your customers are. You know, if they're not using Facebook, then don't spend your time there. Don't waste your time there. You know, I, I typically tell every business person they need to have a presence, an active presence, an up-to-date profile on LinkedIn. But, you know, it, then we also get, oh, good golly, probably at least once a month, if not more often, there's some new site that has appeared, and it's the new flavor, and everybody wants to go there. So what do you advise people when they say, where should I be? Yeah, so what I first want to understand is what what do they do? Um, mm-hmm. Facebook is a little bit more... I think stronger on the B2C front, business consumer front, mm-hmm. than whereas LinkedIn is a little bit more stronger on uh, B2B, if you may. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a business such as a retail shop and, um, you know, it's going to require a lot of pictures um, of your products or your goods and services, then uh, you want to definitely be adopting something like Pinterest and Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook. Um, for any startup entrepreneur, any startup, you want to really try to promote as much of your uh, goods and services through all of the social media, capa- uh, all the social media platforms that are out there. Now, mm-hmm. a benefit to HubSpot, and there's other tools out there that do this, you can create a piece of content, and just with a click of a mouse, you can syndicate it across right. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, except Google Plus, and mm-hmm. just I should, I, just to tell everybody, since Google is the number one search engine, you should all be using Google Plus. Mm-hmm. I know not a it's lot not of people do. It's not going to die. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's not, but it, it, since Google's number one, and they're uh, and everyone trusts them for everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, you should definitely be using Google Plus. But you definitely want to um, cre- create your content. And uh, when you create your content and syndicate it across all these social platforms, then you just want to look in the data and just identify what has driven uh, the best return. Uh Um, And over time, you can then decide where you need to put a lot of your efforts. 
give you an example. Uh, of probably about 18 months ago, before Pinterest was really coming out in the scene, mm-hmm. HubSpot, uh, we did a article, and it was called How to Use Pinterest for Business. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that article has driven more leads than any other article that we've written for HubSpot, mm-hmm. which is mm. pretty interesting. Yeah. However, the percentage of lead to customer is the worst <laughs> uh, return on investment mm-hmm. of lead to customer. So what does that tell you? Well, if you if HubSpot wants to get more leads in the database and more people to know who HubSpot is, we'll do a Pinterest for business type campaign or infographic mm-hmm. or something around that. Mm-hmm. But if we want to generate sales, it's probably not the best use of our marketers' time mm-hmm. right now. So at the end of the day, again, it all goes back down to what are you trying to achieve and then looking at the data to find out where do you put your um, your most time or the best interest of time in. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and Deb, I'd like to chime in just for a moment mm-hmm. here because I think it's also important um, to understand the difference between I, I consider myself a thought leader and mm-hmm. I have clients um, that I work with. My guess is you consider yourself a thought leader. And, you know, there are some folks who are clearly trying to sell a product or a service, and then there are mm-hmm. others who are tr- literally selling themselves and mm-hmm. their expert uh, expertise right. in some way. And for me, I find that it's very important not only to be on all the social media sites, but to make sure that I'm found in um, articles that perhaps have come out in Forbes or Entrepreneur mm-hmm. or so many other magazines, and they're all online and commenting on those and then sharing it on the social media um, mm-hmm. sites and getting other people to see that not only are you just you know putting your opinion out there just on your own site, but you're actually commenting on the the um, the periodicals that are important to your industry. Mm-hmm. And right. for years I have said to people, if you want to be seen as an expert, you have to be an expert, and you've got to tell people that what you think about your industry matters. You have mm-hmm. something to share. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that to the conversation because I think people make a mistake um, by assuming that if they just put everything right on their own page, they've somehow interacted totally um, and particularly if they want to be seen as thought leaders. Right. Well, and of course, you know, back to Google, Google is looking for additional content. It doesn't always want, you know, want your website. And, you know, it's also important to note that when you mention comment, it's not to put in the comments, good article, like this. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And, you know, and and we see all of that. And, and, you know, one of my favorite new things that has come out, and I've been bad, I haven't been as good on this as I should, is the new publishing feature in LinkedIn. Because that gives you that platform where, you know, you can can start putting your own information out there in a way that's pretty simple. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, and these things could change, excuse me, Google likes LinkedIn, and so it likes to show that things, you know, show things from there. But that's that's maybe a good first step for people. Now, of course, you've got people who are, you know, very well known thought leaders who are posting there too. So it's it, it clearly is is a place where people know that it's important to to be seen and to be heard. Well, I'm sure David can speak a lot better to this, but to me, it it really is about that law of attraction. Your point of LinkedIn is critically important um, because I know on a regular basis, I have people who are asking to be linked in to me who I think to myself, what? What brought them to me? I mean, people mm-hmm. at a level that I might not have thought to link in with, they've found me because of something that I've written and right. commented on mm-hmm. somewhere else. I've literally given out the attraction so that the right kinds mm-hmm. of people are finding me and deciding um, I need to be in their, uh, you know, in their networks. Mm-hmm. Well, and and here's a little tip for people, you know, and this is this is one of my pet peeves, the standard request on LinkedIn, you know, that just goes out. I'd like to be your connection on LinkedIn. Right. Ah, change that. And so here's something that that would really be great. You know, say I've read an article that you wrote. I'm going to go to LinkedIn. I'm going to send you a request to connect, and I'm going to say, "Hey, Vicky, I just saw this great article on women entrepreneurs in Forbes magazine that you wrote, and I would love to connect with you." So 
I just established several reasons right there why it would be important to connect with you as opposed to just, I would like to be your new LinkedIn connection. Well, and to, uh, to that point, I do have to say, because this happens too often where somebody does ask to link in, I do see a little synergy. I say yes, and then uh, the next response is asking me for some favor. And um, right. I, I'd like to have been uh, sort of, it should have been preempted. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, David, I'm sure you have the same thing that happens where people think that there's, you know, some, they're in it for themselves as opposed to, you know, how can they put potentially help you, you know, some things like that, because, you know, you're, you're very well known also. And so I'm sure people come to you on LinkedIn or, you know, any of the social media platforms more as in what can you do for them as, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and it should be, you know, how can we have a mutually beneficial business relationship? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, um, little differently, I almost accept pretty much everyone on LinkedIn, uh, mm-hmm. I, unless it's a, maybe a, a, a social media troll, and I can usually fish those people out because mm-hmm. they're uh, maybe coming in from a different country or something like mm-hmm. that. But um, I, I, I accept, uh, I pretty much accept almost everybody's, and the reason why is um, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, um, um, lucky to be at a great company like HubSpot, and uh, for someone who bleeds orange, I love telling the world about our company. So mm-hmm. um, anyone who follows me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, and I get a little bit of grief from my friends on Facebook, I don't put, you know, I put maybe one thing about my daughter once every other month on Facebook, but mm-hmm. um, about 10 times a day, I put stuff about HubSpot on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. <laughs> Facebook, and right. Twitter. Mm-hmm. So as someone who is still in a you know, emerging, fast-growing company, I'm always trying to find out how can I get one more person to know who HubSpot is because mm-hmm. it's going to turn into something. Something mm-hmm. good is going to come out of that for the company. And when I talk to um, uh, small businesses or even enterprise companies, um, I let them know that I want everybody HubSpot is. Why? Mm-hmm. Because if they whether or not we're a fit for their business or maybe they refer us to someone that they know and we mm-hmm. either way it correlates to good things it correlates right. to business it correlates to the brand so a little differently when people send me requests on linkedin and i do get quite a bit um and if anyone's listening if i haven't accepted yours it just means i get a lot but i try <laughs> to accept as many people as possible because i now know that when i start talking about the good word of hubspot which i do probably about 10 times a day on LinkedIn, uh, you're going to get a message from me about it. And mm-hmm. I'm uh, totally fine to give, get that, give that free marketing out. Right. You know, and, and that is, you know, we, I mentioned at the start of the program, that is one of the things that, that I go to HubSpot for is that, that information that you provide. Um, you know, I've, when you do the reports, the how-to reports, you mentioned how-to on Pinterest, I share those. I think they are great resources. Um, you know, they're obviously always well thought out. And so it's, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of all face this. How much free do you put out there and how much that is paid? And it's funny, I uh, had David Newman on my program a while ago, and, and one of the things that he mentioned was he puts about 95% of his stuff as free. You know, it's it's out there. Anybody can look at it. He's he's a fabulous resource, and he said, but for those five percent who will pay, they'll they will pay what he asks because he's built that demand up so much that when they finally say, hey, we have to hire you, they mean it. Um, you know, and 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 you know, I know ninety five percent free probably just made every business person listening to the program cringe. You'll find your own you know own little formula that works, but. There does have to be some free stuff in order to generate interest for the paid. Well, let me just chime in there, Deb. So we live in. Oh, I can't hear you, David. Vicky, can you hear me? Yes. I can't can hear you David. Hear I can hear Vicky. I can't hear David. Oh. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now, oh, Deb? There we are. You're back. You're back. <laughs> so just to chime in. Hey, we, we live in a Yelpify world, meaning mm-hmm. that if I want free information, I'm going to get it. Now, mm-hmm. if I get it from you, um, then in nine times out of ten, you're probably going to get my business. 
Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to give me the information for free or you're going to make it hard for me to find you, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go where it's easy to find. And that's one right. thing that I talk to uh, enterprise companies where they kind of, you know, they kind of say, well, our content's so valuable that we can't have, we can't put it out for free on our website because our competitors might get it. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You can pro- they probably can get it anyway, not mm-hmm. from your competitors, but maybe from someone who's reviewing your company or reviewing mm-hmm. your products and services. And that's one of the other things I tell to larger companies that kind of uh, shy away or stuck in the dark ages of social media is that if you don't start adopting social media now, then you will lose control over the people that say the maybe mediocre things or bad Mm -hmm. things about your company or product on social media. And if they start doing that, it's really, really hard to get that reputation back. Mm -hmm. However, if you put out a ton of free information that is helpful for people on social media, then all those uh, internet trolls, as I like to call them, or social trolls that want to try to down, it's Mm -hmm. really, really hard for them to do that. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you get out ahead of it. But again, if if you don't like to put the information out for free, guess what, folks? Um, I can find it somewhere else, and then I'll just probably give my business to that person. Right. I I think I I would just add, um, because uh, I adopted the word inbound. Um, Mm -hmm. I can remember when David first started working with HubSpot, and we started hearing that word inbound. And for a moment, and I still find people today not quite understanding what inbound means. We've had Mm -hmm. generations where the only way you could market or brand your company was outbound. Everything was outbound. Mm -hmm. As the old expression is, throw it all against the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think people had negative uh, comments about companies at that point, they just didn't have an Internet to put them on. Mm -hmm. Today, inbound, the whole idea that if all I do is put out, whether it's my thoughts, my product, my campaign, my brand, all I need to do is put it out there, and those who need it, they're going to come running. I mean, it mm-hmm. is as simple as that. And this whole idea that inbound, um, the, you do have so much more control when you think about it that way than we did in any other generation mm-hmm. by throwing it all and praying some of it would stick. Right. And, and it's the old push-pull. You know, pushing it out there are the billboards, the direct mail campaigns, those mm-hmm. things where you're you're getting your message to Maybe hundreds, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, but none of those might be the right people, you know. And but when you're on social media, they have come to you, you know, and and so they want that information from you. And as David said, they can get it somewhere else. So be that trusted resource. Be that that person who they know. Hey, I can go to, and I'm going to get that information. Exactly. Well, you know, we mentioned time. You know, the, one of the things people will say is, oh, I can't be on social media because it's going to take too much time. How much time? And obviously, this is, you know, varies from business to business, person to person, all of those things. But what's kind of your general feeling on how much time a business needs to spend on social media in order to be successful? So we did a um, we did a data analysis on that here at HubSpot, and uh, we identified that uh, for small businesses, um, uh, more than uh, currently more than 46% of people uh, spend um, more than uh, six hours per week on social media, about mm-hmm. six hours or more. Uh, the percentage of people who spend more than 11 hours was a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was the greatest um, uh, data sample size. And if you think of six hours a week, might sound like a lot, but it's really you know five days a week. You're looking at probably about an hour, hour right. fifteen mm-hmm. every day. Um, what we also identified is what you should be doing um, with those six hours per week, and you really should even it out into three areas. One mm-hmm. is you should be promoting something on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, other allotted amount of time is you should be consuming information, reading information on social media. HubSpot has a great tool where you can pick and choose uh, industry-specific keywords that you want to monitor and follow in real mm-hmm. time 
over social and then have it uh, be filtered so you filter out all the noise and only focus mm. on uh, what what is important to your business. And mm-hmm. then you want to spend uh, another third of the time commenting, as uh, Vicki mentioned, commenting on the uh, social um, articles that matter. Uh, that mm-hmm. way you'll get your voice out through another medium, if you may. So I would say if, if I was starting the company today, um, and I know all the ins and outs because I uh, was in college when my mom was starting her company, and I know everything mm-hmm. she was going through, but I would say to any entrepreneur who's starting the company today uh, or anyone who's adopting social media for the first time, minimum six hours a week. Um, but over time, if the data and the data will dictate that you put more time into that, you will find that you'll probably spend a, um, more time in that, but it will be a, a very, very valid ROI for your business. Mm-hmm. And so as a customer of HubSpot, let me um, uh, tell you what I do so that uh, it, it sounds uh, like David isn't just speaking from analytics. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Since I started writing blogs, I pretty much write two to three blogs a week. And Mm -hmm. I think the word that comes to mind most, and Deb, I'm sure this is a word you've heard in business often, intention. When you're working with social media and your intention is to really be putting out content and making sure that you're going to Facebook and LinkedIn for the purpose that you're using social media to brand yourself, to market yourself, you or your company, whatever that might be, that's going to make all the difference. I mean, we could sit here and say, how much, pe- how much time are people actually spending on social media? They don't want to admit to it, but right. they're spending way more than six hours mm-hmm. a week. We mm-hmm. know they are. So six hours a week of intention makes all the difference in Mm -hmm. the world, and that is not a lot of time because we know that people are spending much more time than that, and they're actually wasting time. They're spending more time checking out perhaps competitors, checking out um, what others are doing, and when you work with intention in your life, you're going to have the kind of results that take you from, uh, you know, a mediocre business to a successful business. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and it's about focusing. You know, if you think, gee, you know, I'm I'm going online, and I'm only going to focus on business. I'm not going to look at the high school graduation pictures. I'm not going to look at the cute cat video. You know, mm-hmm. all of those things. That, I think, is, is probably one of the biggest problems is it, social media can be a huge time waster. And so it is about being there with that intent of I am here to work. You know, and, and it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you're going to a meeting. There is a little chit-chat when you go to a meeting or a networking event. You know, what would you do over the weekend? What do you think about this? But, you know, all those things. But then you focus on why you're there. And if you don't, then it was a waste of time. You know, and, and so why go to the networking event or the business meeting or the conference and, and not pay attention and not, not be doing what you're supposed to be doing while you're there? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I tell people, set a timer. You know, if you think that you're going to get sidetracked, then spend 15 minutes and set that timer and only do 15 minutes. And, and maybe that's the easier thing is, you know, get it in little bite-sized chunks. Um, you know, do, you know, a half hour in the morning, half hour in the afternoon, and, and really focus and have that intent of you are only there for business. And depending upon the company, again, as a business coach, I work with companies where uh, perhaps the CEO is not going to be the person who's going to uh, do the social media for that company. Mm-hmm. But dedicating, having a dedicated person who is more than um, a, an assistant who's just been um, brought in from the outside because they know how to get into social media, mm-hmm. um, but someone who actually understands what the brand of the company, how to market the company, and has the ability to know exactly what the direction and the message must be, that person can definitely be the person who's delegated to make sure that your social media campaigns are successful. It doesn't necessarily always have to be um, the CEO, and again, very much depends on the company, and I'm sure David has lots to say on that since he mm-hmm. works with all sizes. <laughs> right. Well, and, and David, what is your view on that? Because, you know, I have people that say, oh, it has to be the marketing person. It has to be this. And then, of course, they'll have the, uh, you know, the intern who knows nothing about the company, but as Vicki mentioned, you know, they know how to tweet, so they must yeah. be the right person, you <laughs> know. Uh, what what do you tell people when they say, well, who should be doing this? 
Yeah, it, it really should be everybody in the company, um, but mm-hmm. I know that's just not going to happen. You know, one of the things that we did at HubSpot um, is every time we employed someone, the day one when they came in, uh, we made sure that they had a Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google Plus account, and we basically said, okay, uh, every morning or every time at noon or whatever, uh, any piece of content that we create, promote it through your, uh, through your channels. Because, again, mm-hmm. at the time, no one really knew who we were, and we were taking advantage of everyone we hired. If they had 100 Twitter followers or 500 Facebook followers, uh, that's a new audience for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for adopting social media, it really should be across the board. Now, um, for larger companies, they typically have someone in marketing uh, that, can, uh, that can manage the social media. So what they can do is they can monitor social media, and they can also publish content on social media. And one of the things they can do with our HubSpot app, and there's other apps that do this as well, is they can publish on behalf of the CEO or mm-hmm. behalf, on behalf of the chief marketing officer. So when the CEO or chief marketing officer want to comment on a specific uh, tweet that they found or comment on something on LinkedIn or put out a white paper or ebook or promote something, um, it's their voice, it's their LinkedIn profile or Twitter profile that's doing it, but it's really just someone doing it on their behalf for mm-hmm. them. And that might be a marketer that is, their title is a social media marketing, um, or that just might be for maybe a mid-sized company, an executive assistant. Or uh, for smaller companies, I always tell them, you know, summertime is around the corner, um, get an intern and mm-hmm. have, them, uh, have, them, have them just do that. Um, but have them do it on your behalf. And mm-hmm. obviously, since they're an employee, they're not going to be doing anything that's going to be um, uh, malicious to the company. That's the idea is they're trying to get a job, too, and move mm-hmm. up in the company. Right. So, so you know, that's one thing that we found uh, to work very well is, you know, have someone that manages it and um, have that person maybe interview your executives 15 minutes you know, a week or 20 minutes a week, just say, hey, you're the CEO, what's on your mind? Mm-hmm. And just take all that rich content and information and publish that on behalf of the CEO or the CMO or thought leader in the, in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's what I would say, for, that's what we see as uh, very relevant with mid-market companies and larger companies that they have a social media manager, if you may, uh, mm-hmm. managing that process. Right. And I would no, add, um, mm-hmm. well, let me just add that because I see this particularly with mid-sized companies. You know, we've been talking small and then we're talking large. Some mid-sized companies, I find one of the, the greatest uh, issues they have is the aligning of the sales and the marketing. Um, mm-hmm. They put all the social media into the marketing department. The marketing department is busy trying to figure out what it is they're going to push out. And then the sales team is out trying to sell something else. Mm-hmm. And um, I come in and I'm working with the CEO or the COO and find that uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like there's um, any kind of alignment between Mm -hmm. what the company is all about and what they're actually trying to sell to the public. So Mm -hmm. David probably has many more stories than I do, but I find that um, that is one of the issues that social media, as companies grow and they sort of lose control because they have pushed the social media off to people who aren't necessarily in front of the people that they're Mm -hmm. selling to day day in and day out. Right. Well, and and David mentioned something that I think is, is very important, and it's funny, I had this conversation with somebody today, that your employees should help, you know, they should be those evangelists also. I mean, if your employees won't say something nice about you, then you've got a totally different problem. But, <laughs> you know, it. I told somebody today, I said, you know, for every person in the company, I, I said, now you don't have to share everything because that does, you know, depending on how much is, is posted, that could get a little obnoxious, especially to your personal friends. But you should be proud to share something, you know, maybe once a day, you know, an article or post a link, you know, whatever it is from your your business. And your friends might not be the potential target. But I always tell people, those aren't the important people. It's their connections. You never know who someone else is connected to. Because people do tell me that, well, I'm only on Facebook for my personal use. Okay, that's great. There's certainly no rules, you know, either for or against that. But... Some of my biggest supporters 
are my friends or the partners of my friends or the business associates of my friends or, you know, all of those various things. And so, you know, it, it really should be that way with everybody. Now, as I said, you know, we don't want to inundate, you know, if somebody overposts then and now the nice thing is you find out, you know, they will tell you or you will lose them or, you know, whatever, but you should be proud of the company you work with and willing to share, you know, when they've got, say, a new product or a new service or won an award or wrote a great article, you know, all of those things. And I think that's where sometimes businesses hesitate is they don't want their employees to have anything to do with their social media because, <gasps> gasp, what if they say something bad or wrong or all those things? And, you know, we're all grownups. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, you should totally have fine. a social media plan and a policy, but you know, we, we need to trust that our employees would say something nice about the company. Yep. Well, I, I tell college students this all the time, um, that if you publish something on social media and, um, you know, from a professional manner, people won't like it, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be very difficult to find a job. <laughs> so, right. Because mm -hmm. the, the, what we're learning about social media is, and it's just the Internet in general, is once it's out there, it's, uh, it's there. there forever. It's there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, make sure that uh, whatever you put out there, you know, you're putting your name behind it, and it will it'll help make it'll help make your career, but it can also help break your career. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm now, Vicky, I have a question, and this is based on you know my my assumptions about women. Do you find that women are better at supporting other women, and therefore more willing to help share their posts and, and do things like that? Uh, I Well, you know, I will say that women um, have been very supportive of me and the kind mm -hmm. of work and the writing that I have done, so I would take that, that um, they are more supportive of women and women's networks. Uh, I guess I could take it to the broader uh, because I have started many women's networks in my lifetime, and I'm a big believer that women should be part of women's networks, not mm -hmm. because I don't think we play well with men. I happen to like men's <laughs> networks as well, but mm -hmm. because um, I believe that we still uh, have have issues that we understand best when we have our opportunities to get to know each other. And when we mm -hmm. learn from each other and support each other, it becomes a much less difficult ride. And so with that said, you know, my goal is to believe that women will support each other with their tweets and their, and their um, sharing of information. I found it to be so. But again, a lot of the um, sharing that I do is through women's networks. Mm -hmm. And they've been phenomenally supportive. So, you know, um, to that point, I recommend that women continue to reach out to any kind of women's network in their area, in mm -hmm. their trade, in their business. I, I, I don't know if you yourself, do you belong to a woman's network that, um, that is focused on technology mm -hmm. yes. and social media? So how would you answer that question yourself? You know, I, I do find that women share more, um, you know, right. and, and I don't know if it's that nurturing thing, you know, that, that gene, you know, any of those things. I, sometimes I think it's that women want to be more helpful, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and we don't always get caught up in the competition. You know, I share information from people that would be considered my direct competition, and I have no problem doing that. Um, and, you know, and, 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 yeah. my, and my feeling on that has always been I don't want to be the only woman in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I wrote a blog just recently saying I'm no longer the only woman in the room. For many years I was. Now I'm glad there are other women in the room, and mm -hmm. I'm glad to see them advance. And I, I would do anything I could to make sure that women advance throughout any organization. That's right. what we're here for, to, to work together to make sure that everybody has that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, we just kind of cut poor David out of that conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he understands networks. <laughs> well, and, you know, I think it is so important to find those networks that will support you. And, and you know, I'm sure, you know, now we're looking for online versions, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. a LinkedIn group or, uh, you know, a blog post or, you know, all of these various things. You know, but I'm also a big believer in you have to do face-to-face. -face. You know, this is, it's still one of those worlds where we have to do that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And clearly social media understands that because 
um, and I'll let David speak to the analytics, but he taught me right from day one, if you want to get things shared more and seen more, you've got to add pictures. And whether mm-hmm. they're pictures of yourself or pictures of your of your product or pictures, pictures, you know, as we know, a picture says a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Well, um, pictures, whether it's a mobile phone, whatever it is, pictures are going to take that um, article or blog that you wrote and take it that much further. Right. Well, and David, I'm sure that that you have seen that. Well, actually, tests have shown that if you use uh, pictures of cute kittens or pictures (laughs) of your – of your kids uh, that look in a cute in a cute way that they do very very well. So mm-hmm. I always make sure that since I don't have a cat, I always uh, as you saw in my presentation in Atlanta, I always have a picture of my daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I have two daughters, so you'll going forward, all my pictures will be of two girls instead of just <laughs> one now. So <laughs> well, and you know, and it's important to note that that really is important, especially when you're looking at Twitter, at Facebook, you know, all those things. And there's text, 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 picture. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh, it just captures your attention, you know, and, and that comes back to the, you know, the, the newspapers and the magazines. You stop and you read the story where it has a picture. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why infographics are so big now. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, what you're seeing in social is you, you want to have a picture or uh, an infographic or a, a quick little video that really just drives it home. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why infographics are just so popular right now why uh, Twitter acquired uh, the video company Vine. You're just going to see mm-hmm. a ton of video, and I think it's just going to – you're going to see a lot more video and pictures, but they're going to be shorter. Uh, the video is going to be much, much shorter, just re- mm-hmm. ready to get to the point so it can grab everybody's attention. But most importantly, um, have them have the statements be bold enough where people are going to say, wow, i got to share this. Right. And I I have to add, David, because attention span is so critical. We all know that attention span today is just not what it used to be. And so for those people who say, oh, my God, I just can't blog, I can't write, you know, seven reasons why X, Y, Z. Well, you know what? A blog needs one point. One point Mm -hmm. is fine. I find that the blogs that people enjoy that I write the most are the ones that make a very quick point Mm -hmm. because that's what you want. And you can go on off on your day, and they can be short, just long enough to make the point. But mm-hmm. you can go on in your day and say, if I do nothing else today, I'm going to take uh, Vicki's point and from her blog, and I'm going to make it work for me. And, and you don't have to have seven. You know, it's not a speech. It's a blog. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and we are limited on our time. And so the shorter you can make the article, the post, the whatever, and, and probably that is why Twitter has, has really taken off. The, the better it is, you know, and, and but then if I want to read more, I like being able to click through and, and you know, read more about and, and see all of those things. And, and so I think that's something that the people really need to keep in mind. As you said, it doesn't have to be war and peace. You know, it's okay to just be 120 characters. Exactly. Great. Go ahead, David. I was just going to say, and just to add to that, the most important um the most important piece of real estate on any type of content is always going to be the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, 85% of the weight of whether or not that post is going to perform always has to be the title. So I always, uh, I always tell marketers when you're creating any type of content over social, think more like the New York Post or mm-hmm. some tabloid uh, when promoting that title because that title is really going to make and break mm-hmm. to determine if people are going to consume your content. Right. And on a post, it's probably the equivalent of the first sentence. You know, are you going to capture their attention and make them want to read because, <clears throat> excuse me, 20 other posts came in at the same time? Great. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, holy cow, we are at the top of the hour, and we just barely scratched the surface on this. And, and so this, you know, we'll just have a to-be-continued part of this conversation. But I want people to have the chance to know more about you and connect with you online. So first, Vicki, where do people find you online and how can they connect with you? My website is vickidonlan.com. It's V-I-C-K-I-D-O-N-L-A-N.com. You can sign up for my blog there, or you can read as many blogs as you like. And I have some white papers available. And then mm-hmm. feel free to reach out to me at vicki at vickidonlan.com. And thank Perfect. you, Deb. This has been very enjoyable. Well, and as we mentioned, all you have to do is Google Women's Business Coach, and whew, there you are. Thank you. <laughs> 
And and David, how do people connect with you and find out more about HubSpot? Uh, so you could just go to HubSpot.com. And, in fact, I would actually recommend everybody go to HubSpot.com forward slash free trial. Mm. Uh, that way you can actually download HubSpot and use it for free. Um, there is um, no uh, obligation, no risk. You don't have to sign anything. You can adopt the entire platform for free uh, for Great. 30 days and uh, use some of the social media capabilities that I talked about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very easy to find, ddonlin at hubspot.com, or you could just go to linkedin.com uh, forward slash David Donlin, D-O-N-L-A-N, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm easy to find either way. Perfect. Well, thanks to both of you so much for doing this. This has been extremely informative, and as I mentioned, I think it definitely needs to be a to-be-continued part um, because we did. We just barely scratched the surface on this, and that's what's cool about all of this is it's it is kind of an ongoing conversation because the one question we didn't talk about was what is next in social media. Um, so until the next time, you know, thank you again to both of you for for being on. Yeah, thank you very much, Deb. This is uh, this has been a great pleasure, and uh, really, um, uh, really excited to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about our expertise on the enterprise and the small business side. But most importantly, uh, uh, good to get the HubSpot name out there as someone who bleeds orange over here. Perfect, perfect. And it's great to talk to someone so energetic about the subject of social media, as we all are. I love it. I love it. Well, to everyone out there, thanks for connecting, and we will talk with you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.